Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cashew Podcast channel. My name is Karina Berry, and I am the Director of Outreach at the Center for Advanced Studies in Child Welfare, otherwise known as Cashew. Today, I am sitting down with Jenny Tesmer to hear more about an amazing podcast series she's been working hard on. Jenny, can you share a little bit more about yourself and the fellowship that you're a part of? Yeah. So, um, so my name is Jenny. I'm a master of social work student at the U and, um, I am in the Minnesota Lend Fellowship. Um, Minnesota Lend stands for Leadership in Education and Neurodevelopmental Disabilities. Um, we have been spending the year focusing on what neurodevelopmental disabilities are, um, how they are really influencing the lives of people on a daily basis, and um, also talking a lot about like advocacy and various grassroots organizations in the Twin Cities. Um, part of being in LEND is being able to do um, like our individual projects, and mine is this podcast, and I was able to look at how neurodevelopmental disabilities do and in some cases do not intersect with the child welfare system through the Center of Advanced Studies in Child Welfare or CASHU. Um, and so, yeah, the this episode has been really fun to look at and to, I don't know, just like take a, a deeper dive in the frontline work of child welfare and what the workers are seeing or not seeing as far as disability goes. And for this first interview, could you share a little bit about who you interviewed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I um, interviewed a really nice person named DJ. He works for one of the counties here in the Metro and is an investigations, in the investigations unit. The, the overall goal of his um, unit is to figure out kind of what the status of a uh, report is that comes into the county. And it's it sounds like um, DJ also does some home visits. And so I was able to talk with him a, a lot about what investigations does and what they see in terms of disability. So like if disability even intersects at all with child welfare and turns out it does. Um, but then we also spent some time talking about some gaps that the child welfare system has as far as like perhaps not preparing the workers to really understand disability. Um, we also talk about a lot of strengths that the system, child welfare system has in really like supporting the workers. Um, DJ also shares like his journey to becoming a child welfare worker and, um, we spend some time, we don't, we don't really get like too deep into his own, like his like client caseload, you know, due to confidentiality and all of those <laughs> logistics. But um, he does share some moments when um, he realizes that like, oh, this is a disability that's kind of more impacting this parent's um, capacity as to parent. So it was a, it was a really good conversation. He's very passionate about his work. All right, Jenny, anything else you'd like to say about the episode? Um, I guess, you know, I'm really excited to share the conversation with everybody. Really hope it's, everyone takes something away from it. And yeah, enjoy. 
Good morning, good people. My name is uh, Derwan Strons. I go by DJ to a lot of the staff and students here at the U of M. Um, so thankful to be here. Uh, thanks, Jenny, for having me. Of course, yeah. DJ, you were a Lund Fellow. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that experience for you? It was very interesting, uh, very educational, and very helpful in the work that I do today. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I didn't know what to expect at first. It was a little overwhelming at first with, you know, because coming into the um, the fellowship, I didn't have a lot of knowledge about, you know, neurological disabilities or, you know, I didn't really have a lot of family members who were impacted by that. I just knew that I would be working with a community and a population who have been heavily impacted by, you know, these disabilities. And so I, I wanted to kind of have that tool in my toolbox. And, yeah. Yeah. So the Lynn Fellowship really helped. Great. Do you want to speak more to how that looks in actual practice? Well, you know, we do. We get a, you know, a report. Um, it'll um, say a, a whatever allegation it is. <clears throat> and, you know, I do the background checks on the family. Um, we have a database. And, you know, if that family's been involved with Hennepin County before, it'll have the information in there, whether, you know, the criminal background, the child protection background, et cetera. It also has whether the uh, family members or participants in the report have any um, mental health diagnoses or anything like that. And so if it doesn't, I still make sure to assess um, during my interviews and stuff, the mental health and stuff. And a lot of times with the with the families that I engage with, uh, you know, uh, try to support. I do um, try to educate them on like signs of mental health diagnoses um, because a lot of the parents that I deal with, you know, don't know, you know, what to look for or haven't had any education around what neurological disabilities look like. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's more of an educational uh, uh, standpoint form and just like, you know, you're your child is doing this at school, maybe not at home, but at school, uh, mom, dad, have you been diagnosed with anything? Mm, If so, are you getting the proper support that you need? Uh, Providing them with resources that they need, that they could go to, because again, they may not even just have knowledge of what to look for in any disabilities or anything or where to go to get support, you know? And so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of my job to kind of help educate and kind of guide them and direct them into the right direction. Yeah. 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 That's a really important job. And yeah, it sounds like you work with a lot of community members Mm -hmm. as well to kind of like help Mm -hmm. bring that education. Mm -hmm. What are some of those resources that you partner with? Um, I know that. So as an investigator, I go out and do the initial assessment, investigation, depending on the allegation. And if I feel that the family needs some support, uh, I would refer them to our case management unit. And the case management unit, they provide them or guide them in the right direction as far as like getting the support they need. I know we do work with like like Frazier, uh, Washburn, uh, places like that, et cetera. There's, we have lists and lists of, places that um, can kind of help 
uh, parents, like get some, you know, apply mm-hmm. to get their kids some help or, you mm-hmm. know, do an assessment at least. Um, so we have a bunch of lists. I actually just printed off a list for a, a parent yesterday morning who wanted to get her children some support. Um, and it was just the focus was on children, teens and mm-hmm. children. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we have lists, but our case managers are a lot more knowledgeable of the resources around the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but if I assess and I feel that there needs to be some support around uh, with for the parents to help kind of just help them support their children and provide a healthy environment. And if that needs to be with some um, mental health support, uh, then, you know, I'll provide I'll make a referral to case management. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see. And so it's it's a and <clears throat> thing is like it's a lot of moving parts when it comes to like supporting your children who have been impacted with uh, diagnoses like autism and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, they're like who do you go to to get an assessment done? Who yeah. do you go to to maybe get grants or uh, a scholarship to have your kid join this agency or where would you go find therapy or, you know, where can mm-hmm. I go and just take my kid who's living with autism to do some leisure stuff to work, like sensory rooms, libraries. Uh, so it's so many different things that go with this, that a parent who's just trying to, you know, be stable in the home, who may be dealing with poverty, who may be dealing with different trauma in their life. Yeah, they're not really paying too much attention to the kid who's living with autism. And so just kind of helping and providing them with the proper information is like very, very important because that may be the missing piece. It's just like they just don't know where to find the help Mm -hmm. or they just Mm -hmm. need a little support. And so my job, you know, I really and I I really thank the Lynn program for it is like I go in eyes open on looking for the mental health stuff, looking for certain diagnoses because. Um, if the parents are not receiving the proper support and they're dealing with the same stuff, yeah. then the kid is going to be impacted by it as well. So right. that's one of my main things is to make sure that they're getting the support they need as far as like with the like neurological disabilities, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're really looking at the mm-hmm. the person as a whole person, mm-hmm. you're looking at the family as a whole yeah. unit. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not as familiar with investigations, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it sounds like that's not always... Um, happening right you know like yeah. i've i've heard that sometimes um you know they're just so stressed by the trauma yeah. and the event and yeah. that's all they focus on but lend really provided you that holistic approach for to sure. looking at for sure the child and how they're presenting yes for sure and it's like two different workers come in with two different perspectives one worker could come in and say this parent's not parenting this child in this way this parent's not doing this for this child Mm -hmm. a person who uh, a social worker child protection investigator will come in and say is this parent capable Mm -hmm. of supporting their child in this way do they need support so that they are able to Mm -hmm. parent not that they're just making a choice not to but are they mentally able Mm -hmm. are they do they have the knowledge and education to do that, to parent their child in this way, to support them in this way. Right, and so right. programs like the Lynn program give you that perspective when you're going into a home. Yeah. A, you know. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Are a lot of your coworkers or have some of them been participants in Lend in the past? Um, when the unit that I'm in currently right now, there was um, another um, 
person that she was in a limb program before me. Um, and I, actually, that was she's the only other one that I knew about it. Um, okay. But I always speak about the LEND program and how it uh, supported and helped me with my current career. And I always tell people, like, without that training and education, mm-hmm. I would probably be missing a lot of things during my assessment and investigations. You know, I know that the county does a lot of trainings around mental health. Mm-hmm. and what okay. to look for and maybe how to support. But I guess it's kind of like I really got like an extra boost on like, you know, the training and knowledge and, and things that that matter. And I felt like really lucky and grateful that I was able to do that because the LEND program, because it really helps me. And talking to the, my coworker at the time who was in the um, LEND program, she's like, yeah, like it definitely opens your eyes to different mm-hmm. things when you're, um, in a home working with a family. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's validating hearing mm-hmm. from someone else, oh, sure. too. Yeah. Um, I Maybe this question also could have been asked, I guess, at the beginning, <laughs> and I wasn't thinking. Um, what, I guess, like drew you to become a child welfare social worker? Mm-hmm. Well, since I was... I remember, like, being in, in high school, and I would always work, like, youth camps and church youth groups, church youth groups, and then, like, in college, I... I remember my first job in college was I, I worked at a uh, job corps. And okay. what that is, is uh, it's a place for uh, kids from the age of 16 to 21, I'd say, to go and kind of get their GD as well as like learn a trade. Okay. And so I remember working there for three, four years and just like I worked in the rec center for, you know, but it was just mm-hmm. like I was. I could easily like build rapport with these kids who sometimes were come from traumatic past or, you mm-hmm. know, violent uh, past or neighborhoods. And they had a hard time connecting with a lot of people. But I found that I could really, really help them. You know, mm-hmm. I really built rapport. I really built relationships and I kind of helped them see their capabilities and what they were able to do. Mm, and then looking okay. back on that, I realized there was a lot of them that were dealing with mental health stuff as well. Sure. Uh, but when I did started to do that work, you know, I was still in school for uh, sociology. I ended up graduating, and this was back in Indiana, you know, working with them. And then mm. when I moved out here, I started to work in the uh, Minneapolis public school uh, district and um, had a little more of a responsibility with the kids and, and kind of um, working with the families as well and just, you know, kind of building that rapport and that bond and that bridge between school and the families and the kids and found myself then like, okay, this is this is kind of like what I'm meant to do. And then mm-hmm. I got into uh, the domestic violence, sexual assault uh, job setting. And that's when I realized like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to work with children and family the rest of my life. But I realized when I was at the agency that it was only so much I could do without get, uh, getting more education, getting my master's. Mm-hmm. And when looking into the U of M, I started, you know, looking at the concentrations and stuff and seeing the child welfare. Mm-hmm. I just knew, like, that was that was it for me because working with children and family was, it always came easy to me. Mm-hmm. But the passion came with helping, like, the families in need and children in need that are coming from certain environments that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And being able to just help them and support them uh, was just something like, you know, and then once I finally got into school, I was just like, 
yeah, you know, this is it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I navigated towards um, child protection. Okay. Yeah. And the thing about social workers is so broad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do child protection for Hennepin County Monday through Friday, but I was just like, man, I, I kind of want to see what a different setting is too. Mm-hmm. And so now I do every other weekend, I'm a hospital social worker at Mercy Hospital in Coon Rapids. Oh, okay. Just because I wanted to work with a different population as well, but also mm-hmm. still serving children and families. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're in a different capacity. Yeah. And it's different kind of work all under the social work scope. So it's really, it's really awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, even like some of the stuff that in hospital social work, it probably really overlaps with child welfare, you know, or you could see mm-hmm, clients in the hospital that yeah. maybe have similar yeah. situations to mm-hmm. your clients in the child welfare system specifically. Mm-hmm. How many kids and families would you say that you work with at a time um within with uh, the child welfare child, sorry child mm-hmm. welfare mm-hmm. right now i have uh i i'm kind of floating between 18 and 20 families on my caseload uh we have 45 days to complete our assessment or investigation so the ones that have more severe reports i kind of put on the front front burner for a little bit but the thing sure. is we have a certain we have a a timeline to 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 see the children, you know, mm-hmm. to assess them, assess the situation. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but 18 to 20 is usually where I'm at as far as my caseload. And it's not, I mean, it's not too hectic at all. It's just, you know, you got to prioritize sure. assessments and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that when you are, you know, 18, 20 families at a time, mm-hmm. would you say that a majority of them have disability in their family some, in some capacity? It's crazy. The last... Three families I've been that have came across my desk. Um, all those families have uh, a child or children um, that have uh, been diagnosed with autism. And the last, the two of those uh, mothers um, was me sitting down and talking to them about how I'm going to support them and kind of making that referral for case management and mm-hmm. and kind of explaining how the case managers are going to help educate them on a better parent their children with autism. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it was them just being overwhelmed. Sure. And then having these two young kids with yeah. autism and then trying to parent them and the others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'd say a lot of the families I run into have some mental health uh, things going on in the home. The last three families that I've been assigned in the last two weeks have been impacted by autism. It's, um, you know, unfortunately not surprising to hear because I, I can understand how the intersectionality of poverty and then if you're not aware that your child has a disability, how that can really compound a lot of stress, <clears throat> like excess stress in the yeah, family. For sure. Um, so... Also, again, another question that I probably should ask in the beginning. Yeah, um, so I'm a little bit familiar with investigations. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit familiar with the track, mm-hmm. right, of mm-hmm. like how there's investigations, mm-hmm. there's case yeah. management could be something or it could be <clears throat> referred to like a higher level need. Right. Could you explain to listeners who don't know a lot about the child welfare system yeah. how those branches look? Yeah. And so in um, child protection, there's, there's different units for Hennepin County. There's the intake screening unit. So if like somebody has a safety concern for some children, whether it be mandated reporter or not, they call the intake line 
um, and they can either make make a report or they can talk to the uh, intake worker about the concern and they can decide whether they still want to make that report or not. Mm -hmm. um, so they make a report. The screeners either screen it out or screen it in. So if they screen it out, if it's not enough info or if it doesn't qualify as um, a child protection matter. Okay. Uh, so once if it's screened in, it comes to investigations, which is my unit. And there's nine or ten investigation units in Hennepin County with about ten, uh, ten investigators each unit. Okay. And so... Um, It'll come in on two different tracks to me. It'll come in as a family assessment, which is usually like neglect cases, like educational neglect, uh, supervision concerns, um, hazardous and dangerous environments for children, things like that. Okay. That's family assessment stuff. Uh, there's also the investigation track, which is more serious concerning um, allegations like physical abuse, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. and on these investigation tracks, we're trying to determine whether maltreatment happened or not. So we're trying to make a finding or not. And for the family assessment, we're usually just looking to see if the family needs some services or not. You know, if they need some services, we can voluntarily offer offer them like, hey, would mm -hmm. you like to get some services? Um, and they can decline it or accept it. Also, if we find that there's something more serious going on, say if we find somebody living in a home that has a... Um, that's a sex offender mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that, that they shouldn't be in a home, we could switch it over to investigations. And so with investigations, we get those reports. If we feel like the children are in danger or there's some safety concerns, we okay. could file a CHIPS petition, Child in Need of Protective Services, okay. uh, which then we take to the county attorney. Um, we do a court consult kind of explain what we find and why we have concerns. And the county attorney um, can then, then decide whether we are going to uh, offer, uh, we're going to have the family make a, a work a case plan with a uh, case manager. Okay. So like when I said we make referrals to case managers, this will be on the involuntary side, like they won't have a choice. So you have right. to work okay. a case plan with a case manager for at least six months. Okay. Um, and if it's too dangerous, we can decide to, remove the children um, out of the home while they work, the family works the case plan and will place the kids in out-of-home placement with a foster care or with kinship, so, which is what yeah. we really want to do is place them with family mm -hmm. uh, while the um, parents work the case plan. Um, if the kids stay at home and there's a CHIPS petition, you know, whatever offender or whoever the allegations against usually can't be home alone with, or, you know, have a supervision alone with the children while they're working the case plan, things like that. I see. Okay. And so the different tracks depend on the allegations. Sure. And so, you know, there's the intake, there's investigations, there's case management unit, there's also an ICWA unit. Mm -hmm. So if... Um, there's families enrolled in Native American tribes or have ancestry. Um, we have um, certain uh, units that are specializing um, the Native families and things of that nature. We have foster care uh, unit, uh, adoption programs, um, children's mental health programs, all of these programs set up to support the families. But our mm -hmm. main goal is reunification mm -hmm. from with the parent, the kid, and the 
parent. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, yeah. too, because I think, you know, a lot of times there's a real big misunderstanding well, about sure. child welfare yeah. and the social workers who do have to come to the home. Yeah. There's a lot of like fear, oh, hate, sure. all of those big emotions. It's and it's definitely a stigma. Like, yeah. And I always ask people like, what do you think when you hear the word child protection? Yeah. That you're going to take my kid. That's mm -hmm. the first thing that they think. And I mean, that's I mean, yeah, I, I get mm -hmm. it. So really in our job, like I really, I really, I really stress to these people that I work with and the families and communities like we're here to support and educate and guide first. Yeah. And the last thing we want to do is take children away from their parents. Right. That's like plan Z exactly. or something. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we do have to remove our goal is to reunify. Mm -hmm. So we just want to support these families in any way possible not just coming in, taking kids away. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it's really, we've really been trying to educate the families on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for that crash course, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> Child problem. Welfare 101. Yeah, no um, I think, again, going back to the whole fear of social workers in child welfare, everyone has this one track mind that it's like you come mm -hmm. to the house, you talk to the family, you take mm -hmm. the kid and... yeah you know, to be determined yeah, after that. Sure. So and it's I, like helpful. I, before I was educated on what child welfare looked like or what the system looked like within um, child protection, I too thought like, man, that must be a tough job. You have mm -hmm. to initially lower that anxiety about their kids getting taken away. Yeah. Um, Maybe that anxiety never yeah, goes away too, I yeah. suppose, because they know you're with the county. Right. So it, yeah, it's, it really, is, it really is. And with the investigation, what I do, it's really about, because I only have 45 days to complete my assessment. Yeah. I have to build rapport quickly. Yes, very know? quickly. And they mm -hmm. have to trust me quicker mm -hmm. than they would a case manager mm -hmm. or somebody that they'd be working with for months. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So finding a way to build trust with these families who may have a very bad history or some bad experience with the county or other child welfare agencies. Yeah. So yeah. I have to kind of break that cycle and just break the ice, really. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think you could do it. You seem pretty personable. Oh, man, no, <laughs> just saying. It. You learn it over time. You really learn how to. And again, I mean, I, I've come from similar backgrounds. You know, I and a lot of the population I work with look like me, you know, and Fair. so that may mm -hmm. help as well. But um, yeah. just being able to empathize being able to put yourself in their shoes and kind of understand why they're acting the way they are or kind of uh, mm -hmm. like, you know, if there's an ed ed educational neglect case I get, but then I find out that the family's homeless and highly mobile, uh, the last mm -hmm. thing they're probably worried about is getting the kids to school if they don't have a roof over their head that night. Or yes. Worried about what they're going to eat. Yes. So mm -hmm. kind of being able to have that perspective of, well, I need to make sure that they're stable. Mm -hmm. Then we can work on education. Or let's find make sure they're stable. Then let's find transportation for them to get to school every day once they're in a shelter or something or whether they're with a the kin until they find mm -hmm. their own. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. really, you got to really put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, and, survival and, mode. Yeah. You have to think, what would it be like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, it comes with experience. It comes with time. It also comes with, uh, you know, your personal life able mm -hmm. to understand but i mean mm -hmm. i love mm -hmm. it that's great <laughs> I love it, yeah. that's amazing and how many years have you been in investigations um i started at the county 
I did my internship with Hennepin. I started that okay. in September of 2017. Okay. And I did my internship in an investigation unit. And then once I graduated May 2018, I got hired right in to it's a it's a form of investigations, but it's called the rapid response unit. So I feel what, like I've heard of that yeah. before from classmates. Yeah. yeah. So what okay. that is is me. I work nights and weekends. My schedule was Thursday through Sunday, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. Ooh, okay. Usually worked a lot later. And those <laughs> yeah. were, we get uh, some cases that are called 24-hour cases to where you have 24 hours to go make contact with this child. Okay. Um, those were the cases rapid response gets. And a lot of those were removal. Mm. They needed like this. There was a sex abuse allegation. There was a offender in the home, or there's like you can see that there's been violence or abuse, you know. And so, we collaborate with the police on every case. I forgot to mention we cross report to the police departments of the area of the address of the on the report. Okay. And um, so in the twenty four hours, we always uh, work with the police and. Um, get out there as soon as we can and if need to be removed we removed and like I'd be at the hospital two three in the morning some nights like maybe even later but I started that's where I was I was in RT when I first started and I worked RT from May 2018 until the beginning of December okay and then I switched to uh, regular investigations is where I'm at now and okay. I've been there ever since okay so since the end of 2018 yeah mm-hmm. yeah very cool yeah Thanks for sharing all of that, too. Again, more oh, 101 yeah. of child sure. welfare. It's and... a lot of moving pieces, especially in Hennepin County, being the biggest county. Like, yeah, there's I other can... counties where, you know, how we have different units, uh, intake screening, there's investigation, there's case management. Mm-hmm. There's smaller counties that their worker, they have a child protection worker, takes the screening call investigates the assessment oh. case management Yikes. <laughs> because okay. they don't get yeah i get two three cases a week they may get one two maybe one or two okay. you know something like yeah. that so okay. being, us being so big mm-hmm. as a county we need more workers we don't have as much responsibility mm-hmm. uh, you know with the job mm-hmm. so okay i see yeah, yeah. That's that's good. Thank you for clarifying. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah, like sure. it's like one person yeah, doing all. Yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah that'd be. <laughs> no. Yeah. So okay. It's cool. And then <clears throat> we have specialty units in investigation. So with me, I am my unit. We are spe- we are, we get most of the cases from the Brooklyn Center okay. area. Okay. Um, and so a lot of those cases in that area. I am also the embedded worker. Now they've started a program to where they have workers placed in certain police departments. Oh, okay. I'm the embedded worker in um, Brooklyn Center PD. Okay. And um, and so I work out of there two, three times a week just as like a liaison if they have any questions as far as like child protection, things like that. Okay. Um, and there is also like one or two investigators in each unit who are specialized in the SEY cases, so sexually exploited youth okay. cases. And so it's me and another member in my unit who get the SEY cases as well. 
I'm trying to think of like I'm sh- sorry I'm just trying to like take this all mm-hmm. in. Um, oh, sorry, I, it is. Once I get going, I just you just gotta be like, hey, hold on, let me ask you something. No, it's, <laughs> it's all good. I really appreciate your passion yeah. for the field. Yeah. I can I feel it. I'm sure listeners will feel it mm-hmm. and sense it. As far as trainings go, because you know with you know with your heavy caseload and how quick it builds up mm-hmm. and how much things are changing in society literally all the time. Yeah. Um, and with, you know, new knowledge of disabilities, yeah. does your county specifically do trainings for workers yeah. pretty frequently? All like, the time. Oh, good. Yeah, good. we have okay. trainings all the time. And um, our supervisors are really, really, um, they're really, like, open to us going to these trainings. Like That's they, great. You know, they they want us to. They push us to go. That's the only way we can get educated on the new things that are going on, the new knowledge that could help us with the families. And mm-hmm. um, and the county's really good about, like, yeah, providing those trainings. That's um, awesome. And, and when there's a concern that comes up within the county, they try their best to address it and provide mm-hmm. information or trainings or whatever and make it available, whether, and they'll have it for, several days so that everybody can try to get there to fit in their schedule and things like that so yeah we we have trainings provided all the time some mandatory some not but okay sure yeah yeah do you remember if there was a training that you went to recently like around disability neurodevelopmental or not uh do you recall any man i can't no i can't remember any mental health when i got can we do like some there's a, there's a lot online too. We do a lot of modules online. I think oh, I may sure. have did one like five or six months ago on some mental health stuff. Okay, mental health. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Within the families and stuff like that, but really, um, none for disability that you can like totally pinpoint no, right now. Nope. And I got a terrible memory, so no. <laughs> right, if I don't put it in my phone, I don't remember it. So that's totally uh, fine. Yeah. So it may I feel have been that. Some, but I know that they do provide. You know, I, there's this thing called Apex within our database that you can look up certain uh, trainings. And so you just type in a topic, the list of those trainings that are provided. Okay. Put on by Hennepin. You said it's Apex? Yeah. Okay. But it's like a Hennepin County database. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you have to be a worker to um, get it. Um, but they also, like, will email the, like, the workers, hey, there's this training that's at Concordia whatever it's not Hennepin based, but this mm-hmm. could help you with your work. Mm-hmm. Feel free to apply. There may be a fee sometime. A lot of times we get, like I, uh, being an SEY worker in my unit, um, there's always a big conference out in uh, Breezy Point, oh, Minnesota, okay. and it's like a $150 fee to go. It's like a three-day conference, and like the county will pay that for some workers. That's nice. And yeah. so, yeah, so like even if it's not Hennepin, like put on facilitated then mm-hmm. they'll still like hey just to let you guys know there's this children's mental health or there's this uh conference on families impacted by autism that could really mm-hmm. be educational you know yeah. ask your social worker i mean ask your supervisor if you, if you can go or whatever so yeah there's always trainings being sent to us and stuff that's great i am wondering if in regards to disability <clears throat> If there's something that you wish you could tell, not just your county that you work with, but like other counties as well, how they should approach disability mm-hmm. or what needs to be done differently so that they can have a, hold a disability lens in mm-hmm. their work. I'd say that 
every county, every child where a child welfare agency should make a huge effort in educating their workers. That's the biggest thing. I mean, if you don't have knowledge about anything, you're not going to respond to it in the right way. I mean, you know, if, if you're and you, you might be afraid to like, I don't know how to deal with this. What am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. How, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. So I'd say with these counties, spend some money, get your get your workers trained because it's super important because mm-hmm. it'll change your perspective on how you work with these families, because a lot of these families in the child welfare system do not have the education on someone in their family is dealing with something like autism. They don't even know where to go how to help them, how to support them, where to mm-hmm. get the resources. And we need to be able to provide that for them. Social work is broad. Social work is very rewarding. Social work mostly is about educating the population that you're working with and supporting them in any way possible. Possible, And child welfare you have to you have to have empathy. You have to be able to understand these families. If you don't understand them, it's your responsibility to educate yourself on the population that you're working with. Um, child welfare can be very tiring, frustrating, but it's one of the most rewarding jobs. Um, there are a lot of people and families within our society who have kind of started behind the eight ball. And it's our job to provide them with the push they need to have a chance to live a healthy, successful life. And um, I really I really appreciate Land for giving me the opportunity to kind of have that scope into what, you know, the neurological disabilities, how they impact parenting in general mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful to uh, the MSW program and the Lind Fellowship for uh, providing me with the education needed to help with these families because it, 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 it helped me more than I ever thought it would mm-hmm. yeah so, that's amazing yeah yep. Your, your wisdom and nuggets are always so like, I'm just like sitting here like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, man, I love it. This is a passion, man. So I just, I go on yeah. forever about it. Like, you know, long that's amazing. Days, long days, it doesn't even matter. Sometimes it doesn't feel like a job, but. I'm sure everyone listening has learned so much yeah. from you about the intersectionality of disability, yeah. social work, child welfare investigations. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have been, it's such an honor to talk with you and sit down with you. Yeah, so no Thank you, Jenny, for having me. I appreciate it.